Hi guys, I'm Becky. And I'm Claire. And welcome to another episode of Podway! Woo! So this is the podcast when we are talk about things about musicals and theater. And in today's episode, we'll be talking about cats. Yay, cats! I know, everyone's favorite show. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll give you guys a brief synopsis and then I'm going to spring up a surprise on Claire. Um, So the synopsis of the show essentially is that cats revolves around a group of cats known as the Jellicle Cats. And the show takes great length to describe what the Jellicle Cat is. Uh, But one of their costumes costumes of the Jellicle Cat is to meet once a year for a Jellicle Ball. And uh, that's where their leader known as all deuteronomy will choose which cat gets to go to the heaviside lair and will be reborn and so throughout the entire musical each main cat gets to introduce themselves or get introduced by another cat and uh they make a case for themselves as to why they should be chosen so yeah it was uh, made in 1989 uh, 1981 so that means that this year will be the 40th uh, anniversary of this and it's based on T.S. Eliot's poem about cats. So it actually has a source material, which the person who made this musical, Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber, really liked as a kid. So he really wanted to adapt this. So yeah, exciting. And now so exciting. I yes. uh, prepared something for Claire. Oh my god. Oh distinct. my god. This so, is a which, which Jellicle cat are you quiz. Yeah. So I really like these online quizzes and now I'm subjecting Claire to take it (laughs) yeah oh okay okay I got my results oh my god what's your result is the old Dharami the Dharami you got the laser Claire that's so good I got skill shanks seriously yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh that's nice um so just a bit about cats i guess more in terms of like when it debuted um it debuted in london obviously west end it was very 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 popular there it got a lot of awards uh people were very warm towards it and claire what are your thoughts about cats honestly guys like before i um went into the theater and actually watched the show i never really understood what was it about um but i saw that it was you know going to toronto and i decided to buy tickets and and (laughs) and just give it a try and geez i went in with such high expectation because it's one of the really well-known musicals right but i'm a big story person so anything whether it's a movie is a tv show or it's a novel or a book or anything has to have a good storyline in my opinion so cats is the is that opposite of that it has absolutely no zero like i mean i won't say like zero storyline but very minimal storyline and the whole time i i guess like this is kind of my fault because i didn't really read um the story beforehand but i went in with absolutely no idea what's gonna happen and half of the time until the intermission I was so confused and the music in my opinion wasn't that great either so the whole time I was quite honestly a little bit disappointed but mm-hmm. now that comes to live with the reality and the piece that is meant to be that way I guess if I came in with the right expectation I wouldn't be as disappointed um mm-hmm. but just because I didn't really read a lot so that was a shock to me um so about 
my relation to cats. I knew about memory, obviously, but up until this episode, I actually didn't know the musical in terms of um, songs and everything. I didn't listen to it all the way through. I never watched it or a bootleg of it or whatever. So mm-hmm. I came into it besides like memory and knowing a lot about the movie, I guess, mm-hmm. um, from like video essays on YouTube and stuff like that, uh, blind relatively. I thought it was great. If you care a lot about the storyline of a musical, it might bother you because the storyline is like 15 to 20 percent and everything else is just like a big spectacle of like song, mm-hmm. dance, costumes. So it's not meant to be, you know, something you think a lot about. It's supposed to be something that is entertaining uh, above all and just like a beautiful showmanship of the human body and the human vocal cords and music in general. So uh, if you come into it not expecting anything, just knowing that it was famous, I can totally see why you would be disappointed. Um, Personally, I'm always of the mindset of obsessively listening to stuff before going to see it. But yeah, overall, I really enjoyed it. Okay, so I guess I can go into the song by song proper. Um, So we're starting with the first, I guess, it's not a song. It's the uh, orchestral uh background it's the overture um so it does what an overture does it just gives you a glimpse of all the theme the thematical music from the musical and kind of gives you a taste of what's to come we move on to the prologue so essentially the ensemble cast introduces some of the abilities of a jellical cat essentially like what a jellical cat is as a concept um mm-hmm. they say stuff like oh jellico cats can see in the dark they're blind when they're born they go more and more ridiculous as the or like over the top as the song goes on um and with the chorus they essentially answer all the questions they put during the the phrases so they say jellico can and jellico do um so it's just essentially a very thorough introduction of what jellico cats are and all the stuff that they say is pretty much universal to all cats. So mm-hmm. it doesn't do a very great job explaining what it is. But what I took a Jellicle as Jellicle cats is just a community of cats. And they have the magical ability to be reborn again. And that's mainly what distinguishes them. But in terms of this song, um, I found the costumes were very impressive. The dancing were very impressive. The singing abilities of the cast, while like being amazing actors, having to like act through that makeup and through like all the all the costumes they have on, and the dancing of it is really astounding. Like it's it's a marvel to see, to be honest. Yeah. What do you and think I think um, compared with other musicals, like Cats is very dance focused. And um, oh, there's sure. a lot of dancing going around in a musical, like pretty much throughout the whole musicals, too. Um, mm-hmm. So in my opinion, it's like less about acting and more about dancing. Um, mm-hmm. So just the fact that they can pull it off and sing and dance at the same time is quite amazing and I do have to admit that even though I didn't really enjoy Cats as much but um the first this opening song you know just watching everybody dancing on a stage that was actually quite impressive um and honestly this song kind of set up my expectation too because I was like oh my god it's so interesting (laughs) (laughs) what is gonna come next and um and it was not what I expected so 
No, it's okay. But I think as the very first song of the musical, it is definitely mm-hmm. it sets the tone right, and um, it's just really visually very pleasing to watch. Um, they performing on the stage as well. For sure, and what you said about the tone is very right because I feel like the song itself is mm, kind of nonsensical. Uh, it does have a little bit of meaning. Essentially, cats are cats, but mm-hmm. um, the fact that it's so nonsensical and you get to see like the costumes and everything that are so surreal for the first time, I think for me, it really helped the suspension of dis- disbelief. It's like, oh, you know, this is what it's going to be about. This is how it's going to be presented. Um, I accept that because that's the universe they laid in front of me, and knowing that this is the expectation, I can have a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me personally, the fact that it's so over the top really helped with the suspension of disbelief and the fact that it's nonsensical also helped. But yeah, moving on to the next song, it's kind of an extension of this one. It's the naming of cats. Um, and in this one, essentially, I think it was Mankustrap, um, who broke the fourth wall. He addressed the audience um, like a man who does not know what a, a jellical cat is. Here they elaborate a little bit more about what it is rather than just introducing it as a concept <laughs> and thinking about themselves. Um, so what this uh, musical number, if you can call it a musical number, um, is verbatim lifted from T.S. Eliot's poem uh, called The Naming of Cats, which is also the name of the song. And it's really interesting because it's, again, sung by the entire ensemble, but it's chanted. It's not really sung. Yeah, each of the cats has like varying pitches and varying like volume when they chant it but it comes together somehow and it gives it like a very mysterious and eerie sort of sound and combine that with the with the background music the the orchestra is doing a great job there as well um it really gives you like oh you know what is going on here really um to me I mean, honestly, I personally didn't really enjoy it. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, like... I, I can see why. I can totally yeah, see why. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's not. Just, yeah. It... <laughs> it's, it's not very musical. It's not, and, yeah. And um, if anything, actually, it sounds a little bit creepy to me. So I, It is, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's exactly it. So imagine my mood, right? Um, Listening to that first song and then getting excited about all dancing and, like, all the things <laughs> happening on the stage. And then followed by this, I don't even know if I should call this a song, the naming of it's cats. It's not a song. And yeah. all of them are, like, starting to, like, kind of speak creepily. And I'm like, oh, my God, what's going on? So <laughs> I didn't really quite enjoy it, but that's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not a song, like you said. It's, it's a chant. Like, I feel like they don't have yeah. a melody to it because everybody's doing their own thing. It just sounds really well cohesively, like, together. Um, but... I feel like every single actor does their own kind of intonation and uh, their own spin on it. They just come mm. somehow together and it does give it a very eerie tone. But I guess in the substance of this, uh, they're essentially saying that a cat has three different names. One of them is like your personal name. It's like, oh, you know, Claire, Becky. One of them is a bit more elaborate name and like uh, Demeter or Plato. 
and then there's the one name that only cats will know and they will never tell anybody so it feeds into the mystery i guess it's like oh you will never ever find out that last name but you will know the first two so yeah um moving on from this song uh it's clear that it is a very 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 dense heavy um musical and uh the the next number is Victoria's solo. It's Victoria's dance. Um, it's a really beautiful dance from one of the cats, who is Victoria. She's a new kitten, um, and this is her first Jellicoe ball. Uh, Manco Straps explained that Jellicoe ball is an event that all the Jellicoe's cats have once a year. And in that dance, in that ball, Old Deuteronomy, who is the leader of the cats, will make a Jellicoe choice. And the Jellicoe choice is... Um, like going to help the cat or going to make the cat that is chosen go to the heavy side layer, which I interpret it as like the cat's heaven, um, where they get to be reborn again as a Jellicoe cat. The thing about the movie, or one of the things, I guess, about the movie is uh, the movie features very little dancing in comparison to the um, to the musical. Um, one of the one of the numbers later on is like a 9.5 minute uh, dance sequence, and literally dancing for 10 minutes straight is cuckoo bananas. That's crazy. Um, and of course, it's omitted or not omitted completely, I guess, but very, very, very much shortened in the movie. And that's yeah. that's one of the things. Uh, the other thing is like, there's there are several great videos about why the movie sucks. Uh, I would recommend <laughs> the one by Lindsay Ellis um, and the one by Sideways. Um, but they tried making Victoria the main character, and she doesn't even have like a singing solo. She doesn't have any singing parts ever. Um, and they kind of amalgamated her character with Jemima character, who is one of the other kittens we'll get to see later on. But yeah, the movie is a mess, y'all. Um, <laughs> yeah, she even gets a love interest in that. Yes. Again, we're we're going we're going uh, beyond what what is happening. But her love choice in the movie is Mr. Mistopheles, and Mr. Mistopheles in the musical, I believe people have already pointed out. Uh, he is quoted uh, like a gay. He like one in his number. He takes out like a rainbow scarf and like goes around the stage with it. But yeah, several several issues with the movie. This, in comparison to other stuff, in my opinion, is irritating but minor. The movie is just not good. <laughs> I know. I I didn't really like the movie. That there's a reason why is um 2.7 on IMDb, right? So yeah. we had to watch it because we wanted to do the the comparison of a between mu- musical and a movie. But honestly, I don't recommend it. There is very um, little in yeah. common between the movie and the musical, to be honest. Even though, like, oh, you know, you, they have the same characters, the same songs, but they completely ruin the storyline of the storyline that exists, and yeah. they make the songs in different arrangements and they cut away from significant parts in the song at every single opportunity they can and that really changes everything and that's beside you know visually cats is really beautiful to look at even though like oh you know you have to get used to like the weird costumes but there it's uncanny valley it's like completely 
disturbing. That's the only thing I, I can think about. Yeah, this is disturbing. really one of the things. One of the things that oh, I have a really strong opinion about. So <laughs> okay, I'd love to hear. I don't, <laughs> I don't really mind a costume in a musical, to be honest. I thought it was actually kind of like a cool change from the traditional, where like the other musicals' costumes, which is you know like obviously they're both like all humans, and even in um like Lion King and such, like you still get to see like that sort of different vibe and I really appreciate this sort of like a more ballet style where like um and with the mix of really crazy makeup or like very um I guess outstanding costume mm-hmm. and makeup and hair and things like that so I thought that was kind of cool but in a movie because they literally put a human's face on a cat it's so weird to look at and I don't know why, but they're using that very, um, like, a strong facial expression in the movie as well. So mm-hmm. it makes it even more, I can't think of a better word as well, Becky. So I'm going to use disturbing, <laughs> too. So oh, it's really it just looks like look human at. with leotard. Mm-hmm. Humans with leotard, essentially. Definitely. And it's like, Definitely. you threw out the costuming that already existed for a leotard? Are you sure about that? <laughs> and um, yeah. and I won't say that everybody looked creepy there in the movie. Like, there's, like, maybe one or two that look okay. But most Ooh. of the time, like, it's... Who, did, who looked okay? I thought Victoria looks okay. Like, it's not as creepy, you know? No? Like, okay. she's not as creepy as, like, um, the old Gumby cat or um, who else is really, really creepy? Uh, mm. Yeah, one of the characters who are like weren't creepy but should have been creepy is McCavity. Um, and McCavity is really terrifying to look at <laughs> when you actually see the musical. Like, if I were watching it as a child, I'd be very, very scared for sure. And not as a child, I'm a little bit scared of him too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like he's terrifying to look at, but he's completely normal looking in a musical and a movie. And I was like, okay, what's the point of him then? So yeah, they they miss the mark on every everything possible. And one yeah. of the peak thing that they get criticized on is the old Gumby cat, which is the next song here. But when the day's hustle and bustle is done, then the Gumby cat's work is but hardly begun. And when all the family's in bed and asleep, she tucks up her skirts to the basement to creep. She's deeply concerned with the ways of the mice. Their behavior's not good. And when she has got the mind up on the matting, she teaches them music, crocheting, and tatting. Mm-hmm. So, um, the old Gumby Cat essentially is the first song we get to see from the cast, like one of the main cast. Um, so the first, I guess, song to introduce the cat to Old Deuteronomy for the Jellicoe Ball, um, to be like kind of an auditioning uh, auditioning process to like the Jellicle choice. Um, so Monkus straps. So he introduces Jenny Annie Dot, who is the Gumby cat. Um, so she sleeps all day, but at night when her owners are asleep, she wakes up and she quickly um, helps mice and roaches to become more upstanding citizens. Um, musical wise, I <laughs> don't really have much to say. Movie wise, <laughs> holy cow, this is one of the <laughs> craziest. Creepiest song. It's not just the fact that they put a human face on a cat. They put a human face on the mouse and the roaches are just super disgusting. 
And mm-hmm. the fact that she was eating them too. Oh my god. Very I really gross, I barely gross. survived through the song. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. And that was like what, maybe the first fifteen minutes of the movie. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'm already done. Like visually this is just too much to look at. Personally, this along with two others were my top three. So musically Seriously? I really Okay. Yeah, I really, really, really like this musically. Especially like the trio. It's kinda like a barbershop quartet, but with a trio or like a cappella group or whatever. Um and I thought that part was gorgeous. The costuming was really nice and you know the the staging where the cats kinda like dress up as mice and stuff like that to like showcase how um, you know, the Gumby Cat helps. Mm-hmm. The mice and teaches them. That was really nice to see. They just found like bits and bobs in the garbage and like dressed up. And you can see that they're having a lot of fun. In a musical, it's great. But in the movie, as Claire said, Rebel Wilson do- doesn't cut it. Doesn't cut it as the Gumby Cat at all. They didn't do her any favors in terms of like how they recorded it, um, the arrangement of the song the nightmare hellish landscape that is the mice and the roaches um yeah they they were not kind to her but uh i just i like i really suffered throughout it as well because just because i really like this number in the in the musical um so not fun to see in the movie but if you want to listen to the cast recording or you want to see uh, a bootleg or like in person when we can uh, I would highly recommend to look closely into this one it's a lot of fun okay interesting I feel like I'm gonna be surprising Claire with my with my likes and dislikes a lot throughout this uh, recording so yeah I feel tuned. like <laughs> I feel like that too but okay uh, okay I'll gonna <laughs> let it pass all right let's move on to the next <laughs> song <laughs> um so the next song is the Rumtone Tucker um, so essentially the Rumtum Tugger is a typical cat. He kind of has like a rock star persona. He's like a ladies man. Uh, he does the opposite of what people expect him to do. You know, very much a contrarian. Uh, and yeah, the most the most you can get from him is a, he's a rock star and he is annoying. He has a lot of fans. Yes. He has a lot of fans for sure. The Rumtum and there isn't any call for me to shout it. For we will do as we do, do. And there's no doing anything about it. Honestly, I'd, the first time I listened to it, I actually quite enjoyed it. I thought I was kind of, you know, like he has that rock, rock star vibe. And um, yeah. it was kind of interesting to see that on the stage. And the song itself is, in my opinion, better mm-hmm. than the last one. I, again, I didn't really quite enjoy it in the movie. I thought that the, the costume and the makeup was really off for, for, um, for the character. But, um, but I guess the movie just kind of messed everything up. So yeah. if anybody's a fan of the movie, I'm not going to apologize, I guess. But everyone has their <laughs> own opinion. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I thought that this character, like the Rum Tum Tucker, was um, a little bit more interesting just because, like, I know, um, you know, throughout the musicals, you see, like, a lot of, really a lot of cats are fans of his. So yes. I guess it's kind of cool to see that sort of um, popular cat image because mm-hmm. it's really different from what I would imagine a cat looks like. 
And right. the first one, um, the grumpy cat was more of a typical cat image where it's like, oh, lazy, sleeps a lot. But this one is like, you know, he is more, I guess, adventurous in a way that he doesn't really want to go on like the the expected route. And he does mm-hmm. like all kinds of things that um, that you won't expect in a way and in the song like he like just keeps on saying that if it gives me this then I want that like he's like never getting satisfied or like he's he's always bored and looking for new things to do so I think just in terms of that cat personality casinality I guess um it's an interesting one to look at that's so interesting because this is the exact opposite of what I thought okay um, <laughs> I think it's a great number to be honest so like uh, I like pretty much all the songs here, except for maybe like one or two that I think are okay. But all the other songs I think were pretty, pretty good. Um, the Ramtam Tiger didn't make my top list, but I think it's a great um, character song uh, in terms of like you have absolutely the right idea of who he is from the very get-go um he like comes in in the 1998 recording he comes in with like the all confidence in the world he's like meow and I was like yes love that um (laughs) (laughs) and uh he just has like such a persona but in terms of like his personality it's a very typical cat like a very typical cat stereotype is like oh they do whatever the fuck they want um they do exactly the opposite of what you want them to do if you offer them this they want to do this they'll do something else that doesn't make any sense um and in terms of like the old gumby cat yeah she has the stereotypical cat persona in terms of like being lazy like lazing around but it's just a front because at night she's actually a very good educator she cares about everybody around her um so it's not what you think of a typical cat at least that's what i got from it so it's so interesting that like we got the exact opposite and we usually do to be honest (laughs) of what you can from like this number um but yeah he has a lot of fame girls this is probably like the most sexual um of the numbers and it completely flew over my head when I was watching it but many many people said it's just like very sexual musical throughout but I'm guessing like children and stuff like that it they won't notice it it's just like that's not the focus it went over my head too um but this one is like is very in your face like you have no doubt he's a ladies man and uh in terms of his personality, besides that, throughout the musical, he's much more heavily featured than um, Jenny Annie Dot. Um, he has more of a leadership role, a bit reluctant, but he has a because he has such influence and persona, and he's so well known throughout the Jellicle Cats. He definitely has a bigger impact as like a a, a person. I was about to say cat in person. I just cursed. <laughs> yeah, so it's definitely like um, bigger, big, bigger character, and you get to see him sing about other uh, Jellicle cats later on as well. But uh, he he's interesting to me. He just the 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 way they designed him in the musical is gorgeous. The way they designed him in the movie was better than most cats. And the uh, singer, I think it's Jason Derulo, but I'm not sure. Uh, he did a pretty good job. They cut his take and his solo with slapsticks and jokes. And it's very annoying to me because he was actually doing a decent job. I thought it was very aggravating. But yes. Okay. Well, interesting point. Yes. So essentially, um, after the Rumpsum Tuggers number, 
you get introduced to Grizabella, so she shows up and immediately all the the mood shifts completely. Like it's completely different tone. Um and the cats start recoiling from her as soon as she enters the stage it's becoming very hostile so in terms of Grizabella as a character uh, the character concept was actually taken from an unpublished poem uh, related to Jellicle Cats and the reason why it was unpublished and not included in the book is because it was too sad I see Mm -hmm. why (laughs) <laughs> so uh, what we know about Grizabella is that she used to be a Jellicle cat. She's the closest thing this musical has to a plot. Um, and she, for some various reason, is no longer a Jellicle cat. Um, and since not becoming a Jellicle cat, she became more disheveled. She's desperately trying to be accepted again and... Uh, seeing everybody recall from her especially when the jellicle kittens this is like their first time at the jellicle ball and getting ready for it they try to reach out they try to be empathetic sympathetic all that stuff but the older kitten the older cats that know better they teach them no don't interact with her she is not somebody that we accept mm-hmm. um so she approaches to join the fun um, and everybody leaves, and that's really, really sad, and then she uh, introduces herself, um, and she kind of, during the song, mocks herself in, in a way. She, like, mentioned that she has, like, these really um, ugly clothes that are, like, very worn. She mentioned that she's no longer a, a cat of interest, and she kind of, like, introduces herself as what other people see her which is going to be a big shift from later on when we see herself introducing or, like, narrating her thoughts and her feelings. So this is just, like, sung by her, but from the point of view of others. Honestly, the first time I, like like I said, right, I didn't read anything or listen to anything before I watched the show. So there goes a cat that looks really sad, and she just sings this really super short song, and she leaves. True. So I was like, oh, what was that about? <laughs> and uh, and, and the stage moves on to the other songs. So I was like, okay. But, you know, um, I guess looking back and knowing what I know now, it's um, it, it's really quite a sad entrance. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, I think another thing to mention here um, that you got to see throughout regarding Grizabella is the way the Jellicle Cats interact with each other is very touch focused they're very physically affectionate with each other and um nobody nobody can touch her because even though the kittens want to the elders uh prevent them from doing so so that's a big big point the fact that they're withholding touch from her and nobody is willing to even like look at her to an extent um and knowing how much touch equals acceptance in that kind of like community of cats uh that that is something is going to be a very important point later on and also something the music the movie completely ignores and disregards and uh, um (laughs) (laughs) so after this uh this moment with grizabella you get a more like low-key song from the main cast um and out of the main cast it's actually my least favorite song uh, and it's Bustopher Jones. There isn't much to it. Bustopher Jones is essentially like a gentleman, high key, like high society. He likes fine dining. 
Yes, I actually like this a lot. <laughs> you do like this a lot? Okay, please tell me more. <laughs> oh, it's just, you know, I share that enthusiasm about food, I guess. But oh, I'll let you carry as on. If, as if, as if. <laughs> I, I want to call bull on that. Okay, just from fine. personal interaction. <laughs> um, actually, I don't. I don't know, actually. I can't say, like, oh, you don't enjoy this. But I'm saying you enjoy it in moderation. And uh, especially in the movie, they're like, this guy goes to town on food. He doesn't enjoy anything in moderation. He is, like, gluttony, like, personified. Like, that's what he is. Okay, Um, Uh, he's, like, a a level above me, okay? Like, I don't have that standard. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So in the movie, they're very disrespectful about him. Like, there are super, like, fat jokes all around and very, like, yeah. fatphobic. At least that's what I got. Um, they didn't paint him in the most positive light. But uh, in a musical, he's just so bland. It's just, like, he has two characteristics. He's posh and he likes to eat. And um, that's it. But musically, it's still good. It's still a good-sounding song. Um, it sounds like... It sounds posh, to be honest. It sounds like something that could come out of, like, Mary Poppins or something to me. That's true. Um, and it definitely sounds, like, London-esque. I guess, like, in the movie, they're trying to make it a little bit comical. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And then trying to make it funny. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I guess I can see, like, a um, commercial value in doing that. But at the same time, like, it was just... If you're going in with a mindset of you wish to see something recreated from the musical, um, that's just not how it is, I guess. And yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, but if you've never seen Cats before and you know the actor before, then you'd be like, oh, that's kind of funny, even though that wasn't necessarily the purpose of the song in the musical. It was a, it was a, I guess, a delight surprise to me that he was um, featuring the movie, but just how the movie um, portrays the character, that part I am not sure that I enjoy it as much. But the choice of character is, um, or like the choice of actor, in my opinion, was was quite clever. Let's say, let's say he's a he's a pretty good actor. Just I didn't enjoy how they portrayed him in terms of like making fun of him for yeah. his appearance appearance yeah, that's-, that's how it came across to me also with rebel wilson um who is like the uh jenny annie dot and just like all oh, these two people are not as like thin as the rest let's make fun of them let's make them the comic relief um that's the vibes i got from the movie it wasn't yeah. very nice okay let's move on to the next number the next number um is Mango Jerry and Rumpel Teaser, and we get introduced to them uh, when we hear a loud crash after Buster Jones finished his uh, his song, and for the first time I think we hear about McCavity. Um, so the other Jellicle cats like say McCavity, and then they like crouch a little bit because they're scared it might be him. Uh, but no, it's Mango Jerry and Rumpel Teaser, and I think they're supposed to be siblings or twins or something. They have the same twins. costume. Yeah, yeah. Twins. Uh, they have the same costume. And um, they're essentially troublemakers, they're thieves, they destroy everything, they belong to a wealthy family. Um, but a wealthy family can never, like, punish any of the cats because they never know who did the crime. So they always get away with, with it. And um, fun fact, this is actually my favorite. When Sung by Mr. Really? Mistopheles. Okay. Yes. When Sung by Mr. Mistopheles. It is so only the original Broadway recording in the 1998 recording um, in 2016 um, and obviously in the movie as well. 
the movie did them dirty. Um, <laughs> but in the 1998 and 2016, it sung by Mango Jerry in Rumble Teaser, and I like that a lot less than when it sung by Mr. Mistopheles. So only under those circumstances, it's my favorite. Mungo Jerry and Rumble Teaser had a wonderful way of working together. And some of the time you would say it was luck. And some of the time you would say it was weather. They go through the house like a hurricane. And no sober person could take his oath. Was it Mungo Jerry? Or It's a gorgeous song to listen to. It's very jazzy, very upbeat. Um, and the dancing. The dancing is so good. It's so good. That I have to agree. I think um I think it's actually absolutely clever that they make it um make the characters twins and yeah. how they like incorporate that into the dancing too. So visually mm-hmm. it's like it's so impressive to look at. I didn't really quite enjoy it musically all that much, but um, I think yeah. the dancing part was really great. It's really pretty. And you get to see a lot of their um, character by the way they sing, when they do sing. So, like, you totally get to see their personality uh, shifting because they put, like, this sort of, like, affectation or, like, voice to mm-hmm. make them sound, like, more troublemakers. They kind of sound really young. So it's like, yeah, oh, they those brats. So I like that as well about about this number. Um, moving on to the next song, it's all Deuteronomy. So finally, we hear so much about this guy. Um, we get to hear a little bit more about him before he enters proper. So the assemble- ensemble finishes um, chasing after Mango Jerry and Rumple Teaser. Um, so like they're shooed away essentially, and uh, all Deuteronomy enters. The cat sing about his background story and why he's the leader of the cat. The song itself is very ethereal to listen to. It's really gorgeous. It gets me that really classic image of a really wise old cat or like old leader. Yeah. So here, the next song is the awful battle of the peaks and the pollicles. And um, the cats put on a show or like some kind of musical or play to entertain all Deuteronomy to make him happy um, for the upcoming Jellicle choice. Mm hmm. It doesn't have much to it. I mean, it's it's impressive to see how the cats, like, repurpose all the trash around them to, like, show dogs and stuff like that. And, like, weapons. Um, so it can be entertaining, I guess, to, to look at. It's not much musically. This ends when um, there is a loud crash, I think. And the cats okay. yell out like, McCavity, and then they disperse. But then Manko Strap and Old Deuteronomy called the Jellicle cats to come to the Jellicle balls and that's essentially them saying it's safe to come here and that leads into the nine and a half minutes dance number we talked about absolutely gorgeous gorgeous dancing I think this number along with everything else gave cats a reputation of being like you need to be an all-rounder in order to be in a production of Cats because you were expected to be on stage all the time and expected to sing and dance and act your way through everything. And I can totally see why it's such a demanding uh, production to be in. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think that's one thing about um, Cats that really 
enjoyed can't believe i'm saying this but the dancing is really quite impressive um i don't think i ever seen another musical i don't know hmm. maybe it's too early to make that comment but i'll say like it's rare that a musical um can't dance for so long as somebody who has no idea how to dance like it's just it's really impressive i did like ballet for like uh, five or oh years. the expert um, okay not expert I uh, I I was like pretty good in my class but that means in the grand scheme of things I was bad but um I really oh, enjoyed why? it okay and, okay and seeing like dancing and stuff like that is really stuff that I like really admire because mm-hmm. it's really difficult and a lot of it also includes like uh proper ballet as well as stuff is modern or more jazzy and it's also like the the mix and mishmash of different styles they have here is also making it like very impressive to see and more engaging but yeah after after this Grizabella does show up if the first introduction to Grizabella the glamour cat was very sad this one is even sadder I hardly like I almost never cry during movies or anything like that um but this one is very emotional moment she shows up to the ball she tries to introduce herself again who she is like all the other cats um the kittens are trying to reach out to her once again they're curious they're sympathetic they they want to connect but the adults don't let them the adults are quite mean and some of the the younger kittens as well like they play some pranks on her they look like they're gonna touch her but then they're like nana um so it's really really mean and uh, like out of frustration Grizabella tries to like dance by herself shows that everything all right is all right she putting like she's putting on a brave face like she isn't bothered but you can see it's really eating her on the inside like she can't do it she can pretend and out of that sheer frustration she starts singing the prelude to memory and reminiscing mm-hmm. about a time when she was happy and was accepted oh yeah this is like the moment um that i kind of feel a little bit sad too i'm not gonna lie the first time i watched the show like the the first half of the musical i almost fell asleep because i didn't (laughs) (laughs) because like it took me so long to try to figure out what happened you know um Mm -hmm. but but is um appearance i guess in like the songs like whenever she comes on the stage um it makes me curious a little bit because compared to all the energetic cats, like, you know, they're so excited about the ball. Like, they're all, it's like a community where everybody dances together, right? And here is Grizabella, like a lone cat that tends, like, that seems like nobody loves her or wants to accept her. And obviously, like, no, like, I go back home and I read and I'm like, okay, maybe that's like, you know, how the character was developed. But at the time when I was sitting in the theater, I really mm-hmm. feel like, and somewhere I can relate almost. <laughs> um, like you can see so much regrets and rejection and loneliness in, in Grisabella really mm-hmm. makes it, even though that is a, technically a very energetic and happy and, you know, cheerful musical, but at the same time that like, you see that very sad, dark side of it as well so I don't really know and I mean I look it up online and I still couldn't find a reason why she was so rejected it seems like she left the the cats like maybe in her earlier days or something but I'm not sure so if you know let me know there are fan theories but uh it's never confirmed um 
in the movie they do say oh you know she went with McCavity blah 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 it's not stuff that is ever confirmed in a musical uh in a musical we're just left to like think about what possibly could have been the reason that she's hated so much and why would she leave um but there is no canon canonical like reason behind it especially since like mm-hmm. I mean when you look at it this is like published from a book of poems and you can see by the lack of structure around it it's not like the three arc story or something that is like really well known there is not a lot of canonical <laughs> explanations to things I guess yeah, yeah. but I, I it makes me so sad when she sings that um the first verse of memory and when mm. she reaches out her hand but eventually she has to like walk off stage and feeling unaccepted and right. and I think this really inspires um the next song the moments of happiness to start off mm-hmm. and this is kind of like in my opinion like an encouragement to the other cast to reflect on what it means to be happy and what is mm-hmm. the true meaning of happiness so right. that I think it's like sort of like a turning point of the storyline if there was a storyline cats but mm-hmm. you see that at first like in maybe the first half like everybody's happy they have this ball they have this party um going on but really as Grisabella comes in and out um you see everybody starting from you know like the few more important and eventually to every single cat in the community they start thinking about like okay what does it mean to be happy and that mm-hmm. eventually leads to um Grisabella being accepted again towards the end this is the side story, but when I was listening to it in the theater, mm-hmm. I didn't know Memory was from this musical, actually. Until oh, really? she starts, Yeah, I didn't know that. Can you imagine? <laughs> but I listened to the song before, obviously. I just yeah. didn't know where it came from. So mm-hmm. when the song came out, and I was like, oh my god, I know the song! And I didn't <laughs> know it was from here! And, and that was the moment that I... I don't know, like, to me, it was a very delight surprise. I guess watching the whole story from the beginning to that point helps me understand what the song was trying to to say even more. Yeah, with Memory, I believe they actually came up with a song way before the musical. It's a song that has been written for quite a while, and he was thinking about, uh, like, an occasion to put it in. Um, but just going slightly back to uh, the prelude of Memory. So when Grizabella is about to leave, Old Deuteronomy is actually trying to reach out his hand to Grizabella, but because her back is turned out to him, she doesn't see. And it's a very subtle gesture. Um, and she leaves. Because she, she's so sad. She's so like, she's in such despair that she's just leaving without even trying to like take a look back. Um, so Old Deuteronomy actually thought about us um and is trying to connect with her because exactly of what you said the moments of happiness so in the moment of happiness um he is trying to reflect what happiness means for him from all of his years of experience and um Jemima who is really important to the plot and is merged with Victoria in the movie she understands what he's trying to say to all the Jellicle cats who assemble below him. Mm-hmm. And uh, she communicates that to the other Jellicle cats in simple language. And the language she's using is actually the melody from memory. Um, and that's kind of to remind him like, hey, what you're trying to say is this. And this is Grizabella. Grizabella is who you should be choosing because 
moment of happiness is exactly Grizabella. And, and even when he sings like moments of happiness, he sings the melody that Grizabella sings in Grizabella the Glamour Cat. It's like, it's Grizabella, y'all. It's Grizabella. <laughs> I'm going to choose her. So you shouldn't even compete. Um, <laughs> speaking of competing, we still get people who are introducing people, cats who are introducing themselves. And the next one is Gus, the theater Gus! cat. I know, I, I know. I really like Gus. I love Gus too. I'm uh, watching the 1998 version. You get like really close-ups to the actors, and he looked so cute and helpless. I was like, oh my Aww. god, oh my god. Okay, oh my now god, I need to rewatch so that. Just for you Gus. should. You really should. Like the actor is doing such a great job conveying things and like with his like face but in terms of the substances he's a very very old cat he is living the remaining of his life by the theater door because when he was in his youth he um performed and he was a great actor and performer he he still has a connection to theater and he believes in the old way of theater uh, in comparison to what they're doing now i once crossed the stage on a telegraph wire to rescue a child when a house was on fire and i think that i still can much better than most produce blood-curdling noises to bring on the ghost you know what i love about this song is the fact Mm. that he gets like as he gets into um i guess the flow of telling his own story he becomes more confident like you can see it visually and outspoken like he was this like pretty i guess old and a little bit confused in the Uh in the beginning but um he eventually becomes like you can really see the change like that that sparked like the light um and how he was proud and excited about his past um and his past career as a stage actor like i Mm -hmm. to be honest it just feels like you're watching or listening to a grandpa talking about his you know earlier days um, and his story from before it's super cute um i guess about him like both um, Gus and Grizabella are supposed to be old, but um, you can see how the Jellicle cats care for him. So uh, the beginning of the song isn't sung by Gus. Uh, he isn't introducing himself, and then later on he talks about himself and his accomplishments and become more animated, like like you said. Um, but the fact that like another Jellicle cat is literally helping him to the stage and to sit down and stuff like that, like you get to see the love and respect he gets from the community, and that's com- that comes like with such a juxtaposition to Grizabella who gets shunned. Going to the movie, I really like the actor who plays him, Sir Ian McKellen. I, I feel really sad saying this about about him, but I just didn't like his performance all that much. Okay, okay. Um and also the way that they animated him as a cat is is one of the more terrifying out of the rest of them. It's it's not well done. Um, but obviously that's not on him. Um, so the next one is Skimble Shanks, the railway cat. It's upbeat, it's musical, it's like very happy. It comes out of nowhere. It has very little bearing on the plot. Um, Wasn't it kind of weird though? Because you had this like battle and stuff and then you suddenly just switch to the railway cat song. I don't know. It's, out of it's, it's a little it's bit. It's a bit weird. Yeah. 
It's very weird. Um, yeah, I just like he's a cat that is like a train conductor. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have anything that is important <laughs> about him. I don't even know what to say. Um, musically, it's fine. It, it's it's like uh it's out of nowhere. <laughs> it has yeah. Like, yeah, no bearing on the plot. It's not as enjoyable compared to like other out of nowhere songs. I mean, it's not the worst in my opinion. It's not the worst, and in the movie, yeah. it's actually the best. It's the best yeah. performance in the movie. So um, the number ends essentially when McCavity comes. He is he gets introduced, I guess, and uh, later on he is kidnapping all Deuteronomy. I don't like the song. I don't. I hate the line like, "McCavity is not there." Like I just thought it was just so repetitive to the point that it annoys me so much. And um, like he's supposed to be this like you know villain of the story and stuff. And I don't. I don't know. Like I thought it was kind of weird that um, he is introduced so late into the musical and musically. Ugh, I just have I can't say enough about this, but it's really not the greatest song I've ever heard, and I mm-hmm. hope that this is not gonna offend many people. But like I just really did not enjoy it a lot mm-hmm. actually, and it, I, <laughs> if anything, it's I think it's my least favorite song throughout the whole uh-huh. musical. Um, so this is actually my favorite. What? <laughs> no. Okay. It's 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 my favorite. If Mango Jerry and Rumpel Teaser is not sung by um, Mr. Mistopheles. And that's because it just sounds gorgeous. I love the jazziness of it. It just no. so okay, catchy. Sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll let you finish. No, no. I mean, I, I actually really enjoy it. Um, <laughs> but um, it's so catchy. The, the duet of it is really well done. They generate a lot of momentum because it starts as one person singing it by herself and then later on becomes a duet and in the very end of the song there's the entire female cast ensemble um singing and that kind of gives you like or at least it gave me the impression McCavity was quite a ladies man himself kind of give me like a um I guess like a mirror version of Rumtum Tugger if Rumtum Tugger was evil um I can totally see what you mean about McCavity coming out of nowhere because he is introduced several times throughout the musical but he's like McCavity and like everybody disperses um so it's not something that's like super duper touched on I guess um he's just literally just alluded to and I think that's purposeful because they're trying to make him look very old school villain of being like very intimidating and having no characteristics beside being completely evil uh, we don't know any of his motivation for kidnapping old Deuteronomy. We don't know what he wants. We just know that he's a master criminal. And um, I think having the song sung not by him also makes it seem more like a legend and more like a demon or like some kind of Satan or something equivalent to that. Because um, the the music is also very like, not, the musical has a lot of like Christian or biblical imagery and like old Deuteronomy is obviously like supposed to be like a godly figure and um 
uh, and McCavity is supposed to be some kind of a devil, worn all black, he's a ginger cat, stuff like that. So having all the girls think about it gives him a bit more characterization, but it's never stuff that is confirmed, it's only alluded to, so you can read into this as much as you want. So uh, as, as we mentioned, uh, McCavity kidnapped old Deuteronomy, and that brings us to the third song that I like. So I mentioned before, there are three that I really like. So Mr. Mosopheles is a magical cat, and he conjures all Deuteronomy right out of the hat, and uh, he essentially rescues all Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a very, very uplifting, happy song. And we all say, oh, well, I never was there ever, a cat so clever as magical Mr. Yeah, I really like the song too. Yay! Um, aside from memory, actually, I think this will be my favorite. Um, wow. Yeah, I, I think I just like the character too. Like he's like yes. this, the the fact that he's a magical cat already says so much about him, and um, <laughs> and I guess like he's just you know nice and joyful and interesting to to look at and he's always kind of just there he is like the main dancer he has he possesses this like various magical powers musically is nice to listen to yeah i mean uh it's it's really nice to listen to in terms of like it's a pretty long song i mean it's like eight eight minutes and it's very repetitive but like every single time like you get to see something crazy and magical happening in the chorus so it's and it's it's a celebration so i i can cut a lot of slack and yeah. actually uh, i think um he is one of the characters that i feel relatively better in the movie um mm-hmm. i i think he's like portrayed obviously very different visually from yeah. how he looks like in in the musical like the black and white is significantly less I guess, and he wears like um, a hat of some sort. He's so, supposed like, to be a tuxedo cat. I yes, mean. yes, but he didn't give me the creepy vibe. I, I guess like they did a relatively better job with with Same. him. So, <laughs> so he actually looks <laughs> more normal. Yeah, in the in the movie, they give him confidence issues or self esteem issues, and he's unsure of whether he can successfully control his magic or conjure old mm-hmm. Deuteronomy. Um, so um, Rumtum Tugger suggests, like he said, oh, I know this magical cat, he can help us. And then in the movie, Mr. Mistopheles is like, oh, I don't know. And he tries several times, he's not successful. And he's like, everybody's like, oh, we're looking forward to it. And they're down and they're, they have a lot of pauses in between, a lot of cuts. And that completely shutters the momentum of mm-hmm. the happy, triumphant, like, over-the-top song, in my opinion. In the musical, you don't get that. You get, like, oh, you know, he is, like, great. He can do whatever he wants, like, you know? Um, it's just a one big celebration. He's always happy. Okay, so next, after we get that big celebration, um, Jemima, one of the kittens, who uh, already reprised, reprised memory um, before in Moment of Happiness, she uses the memory uh, melody once again in daylight, and she's like, "Oh, it's almost dawn. We got to make the jellical choice," and mm-hmm. that's the points of the song. <laughs> it's literally just like, <laughs> just like choose. that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So after that, we see Grisabella appears once again. 
towards the very end, and now she is she looks more desperate, I guess, than ever to earn the acceptance of the the Jackal Cats. So she is singing a the famous song "Memory," and this is so nice. I mean, musically is so nice, like. Emotionally, it's very, it's very sad. But and as she like sings towards the the middle of the song, like she collapsed and she broke down. And this is the moment when, like you know, some we can see like some of the cast like they're thinking about reaching out to her, but they're still a little bit hesitant to touch her in the end. But mm-hmm. here we have, I think in the musical is um Jemima, and in a movie is Victoria. Yes, pick up the the phrases and she helps. Grisabella to finish the song, and once mm-hmm. that memory is synced together and memory, I guess, finished, she was reached out to Grisabella's hand one last time, and then all the other cats kind of started joining in. Then they kind of welcome her back into their community. So in the end, happy ending where Grisabella is at last forgiven and she was finally accepted by everyone else,、um, mm-hmm. and、um, and she was chosen to be reborn again. So、mm-hmm. in the end, I think this is like a happy ending for Grisabella for sure. And emotionally, oh my god, this is like <laughs> one of the best songs to listen to live in theater.、Mm-hmm. And I really recommend you guys to listen to、um, the version from Carrie Fuller. She was the one that plays Grisabella in the very one show that I watched in Toronto live, and she was absolutely amazing. And、mm-hmm. for the record, I was sitting at a very far seat, like on the second floor or something, because I'm broke. Okay, so I don't. Have, <laughs> so I paid the cheapest ticket. And. The fact that I was not able to see her facial expression and all that emotion, all that acting comes out in the singing, is just、mm-hmm. definitely absolutely amazing. And I think it's just one of those songs, like you know how we always say that the musical has the song. And I think for me, like Memory is the song, not just because it's the most well-known and popular song, but also because of all the emotions. With Grisabella, like you get to see a little bit more of fear and the constant loneliness of not being able to be accepted. I think not just relatable,、um, but maybe more or less like you know we also experience it at some point in our lives. And you know you don't get that same sort of connection to all the other songs because we're not cats, right?、Um, <laughs> but I guess like with her storyline and with memories, especially like I really. Feel like it, it's, it feels like an arrow to my heart. <laughs> That's how I felt、mm-hmm. it. Maybe it's that one performance too in theater, but it was definitely beautiful. In terms of cats, it's like 85% dancing and spectacle and like costumes, and then 15% plot. And with this, this is truly the climax of the plot. Like you mentioned, it's like where the plot is resolved.、Um, 
so narratively it's great but in terms of like how it is it's definitely an emotional wrecking ball um it comes straight to your face and destroys you um it's just really really powerful moment very very pretty but also something that i really liked here is you get to see a lot more of the themes and cats of acceptance because um it highlights how important it is to have people who are willing to hear you out and people who are willing to give you a second chance and are willing to be in your corner because Grizabella would never have been chosen without the help of Jemima and then because Jemima could sympathize with her and completely remind all Deuteronomy um, that she exists and she's the person that uh, that uh, he's looking for and also later on Jemima uh, has a verse during memory um, to encourage uh, Grizabella to continue on and that's when she starts with like touch me you know stuff like that like the real heavy hitter of the song so it's really important to have that kind of support from others and I think this number really showcases it really well the fact that they were so moved by the fact that she uh, told them how she's feeling and they were willing to forgive her I think it's also really important because they were willing to be convinced it's not like Victoria went and did it on herself like by herself um she got the okay from everybody else and everybody else accepted her already even though she was the first person to touch her so I think it's something that really highlights complex uh, social uh, arrangements. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very pretty, very powerful. And like you said, it's very, very relatable to everybody. Everybody was ostracized or, um, you know, not as popular, I guess, in uh, one point of their, at one point of their life or another. And this is something that everybody can relate to besides being obviously very gorgeous and very, very powerful vocally. Um, And like you mentioned, she does get chosen um, and she'll have a clean slate. So uh, we hear this, her journey, I guess, in the journey to the heavy side layer. And then she goes on this kind of like, I think in the movie it was like a, what is it called? A hot air balloon. Um, And in the musical, it's like some kind of a ramp that goes up. But yeah, not very remarkable in terms of a journey to the heavy side. I do like it. It's it's nice. It's fine. It's neutral. Mm Mm-hmm. It's one of those like happier finale, not finale yet, but um, yeah, the closing song. Yeah, the next song is the is the finale, which is like addressing of cats. But honestly, I wouldn't mind cutting it, even though it's gorgeous. It's really really pretty, and Old Deuteronomy um, gets to sing essentially, um, summarizing to the audience everything that happened and kind of the big lessons to take from the show. Mm-hmm. It just it's gorgeous to listen to, especially in the end where like he sings and then the ensemble sings after him. But honestly, it doesn't have much to do with the musical. Like it, it just a summary. So I wouldn't mind it being cut. Yeah. I mean, I don't have much thoughts to it. It's just <laughs> yeah. I guess like in in a movie they really made it a little bit too long and um, the CGI of um, Grizabella like going off into. Mm-hmm the clouds was way too fake so that kind oh, of pulls me off it. a little bit really I didn't really <laughs> yeah. quite enjoy that so, so yeah this is Cats yeah that's the all the songs in Cats so Becky what do you think the overall thoughts mm-hmm. sure overall I really enjoyed it when you go into this you have to be in the mindset of I'm going to say something that is really spectacular in terms of human achievement and nothing else (laughs) very little else it's something that can be enjoyed by the entire family like uh, I mentioned before 
there are some sexually suggestive stuff, but it flew over my head and it flew over most kids' head from my understanding. And um, it can, like, it has such a simple message that is so universally agreed upon of, like, don't judge a book by its cover, accept everybody um, despite their past, give second chances, stuff like that. It's uh, it's stuff that everybody can agree on, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So it's it has a very nice message, nice themes when they do exist. And just... I've never seen Cirque du Soleil. I think you have, right? But it kind of feels like if Cirque du Soleil had a bit had some semblance of a plot behind it, the main draw is the human like mastery of over like nature, I guess, in terms of like the dancing. The dancing is a huge part. The costumes are pretty gorgeous to look at, um, considering everything, and the singing that is almost always well done and if it's not well done the entire musical goes to shit mm-hmm. so if you go into this with this mindset I think you would have a good time but I would highly encourage you to look at the musical beforehand <laughs> I agree I 100% agree I think the the main reason why I didn't enjoy it in the theater was because I have no idea um, of what to expect and like you said, I think dancing why is um, very impressive to look at. It's really an, a piece of art, but music wise, also is definitely far away of my top ten lists. Of, oh, mine um, too. But yeah, yeah, of musical to listen to. I don't ever feel like I'll you know look up the songs and I'd be like, oh, I feel like listen to this song today and I missed this song. Like aside from memory, probably not. Um, the costume-wise, I think it's actually pretty impressive, the, the stage version. Um, mm-hmm. The movie, not so much. I don't recommend Definitely. it. And I think we said enough about that. So, so yeah. But um, overall, I think you just have to come in with the right expectation of what you're going to see on stage. Because mm-hmm. it's really not one of those um, story, like musicals with story and plots and to Mm -hmm. me that is very super important and just because it doesn't have that and is missing the one very important element to me that I really can't rate this too too highly but Mm -hmm. I have to address it one more time which is the live performance of memory is really breathtaking and if you have the chance to listen to it live I definitely recommend it. Claire? To quote the B-movie, do you like jazz? I will say I am okay with jazz. Why? Because my theory is if you enjoy jazz and uh, jazzy-themed numbers, you would have a great time with the musical numbers. Because I thought all the musical numbers were top-notch, personally. But uh, yes, I would recommend to give it a listen to before Mm -hmm. just to make sure that you vibe with it because honestly if you're already in an area that has a lot of performances if you have like a high school performance or stuff like that it's available sure why not but if you're going to like Broadway or West End or Toronto Mervish I'm not sure how much it's worth your time to go there for one song I mean I already live here so like it's okay but if you're you know Like Becky said, if you're traveling and um, you have this one shot at watching a musical, there is probably a better choice out there. So you just have to listen to the songs to see if you like it or not. Exactly. Yeah. Um, And in terms of the ranking, let's do a drum roll. Okay. 
What's your ranking? I will say I'll give it a 6 out of 10. Applause. Oh, okay. That's much, <laughs> much Actually, my it... initial rating was going to be 5, but just because oh. of the live performance, I'll give it a 6. Interesting. What would you okay. say? So I heavily compared this against Waitress, to be honest. I feel like it was a bit hard on Waitress when I ranked it originally, so I okay. do feel bad ranking this one higher. If I could have changed stuff, I would have ranked Waitress as like a 7. But I'm going to rank this a 7.5. Whoa, that's high. Okay, that is high. high. Um, It's still one point behind Come From Away, just to let you guys know. (laughs) Uh, But I really, really enjoyed it. I thought the music was top-notch, the dancing was top-notch, and the the costumes were top-notch. Um, and I don't know, I just had a good time. What can I say? Uh, I, as I mentioned, I think every single podcast I don't enjoy something that is really, really sad. And I feel like they made a really good act in balancing the sadder moments with something that is really happy and giving us the satisfying, happy ending. So definitely, definitely it's not for everybody, but it might be for you. So give it a shot. (laughs) All right. So I think that kind of wraps us up for uh, today's discussion. And if you like the content or if you have something else to say about cats, please don't be shy to leave us a comment. Um, okay, so we you can find us on Podway Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit. And you can also email us on podwaypodcast at gmail.com. And we'd really, really, really like to hear your opinions. This is a very controversial musical, and we want to hear uh, what you agreed with us on and what you disagreed on. Maybe you were actually a ride or die for the cat movie, and we deeply offended you. And I would love to hear why you're a ride or die for the cat movie. So please, please contact <laughs> us. We love to hear any feedback there is, as long as it's constructive. Um, so yeah so yes well thank you all for listening and we'll see you in the next episode bye bye